This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940-KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the over 4,000 members of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And you know our goal, our goal is to educate and keep informed our listening public so that we can make good informed decisions, not panic, not uh, get overzealous, make good calm decisions. And um, the beauty of this show is that we have all those members that can come and, and help us out. Uh, basically, you don't have to listen to me every week. So um, I'm, I'm just the guy asking the questions. So today we have a, a guest in here. His name is Casey Carter with Guild Mortgage. Good morning, Casey. Good morning. Happy Saturday to you. All right. Thank you. And thanks for being here. And I want our listeners to know today's going to be a little bit of a different show because we're going to get into some of the intangibles of what to expect from your real estate professional and how that even goes into you as a buyer, seller, a client. What what are the intangibles necessary to make good, strong real estate decisions? And uh, Casey's, I've talked to him some and uh, just a delightful guy. And, and he's going to be, he's going to be very insightful. Boy, I, I really hyped you up, Casey. Now <laughs> you'll come through. Yeah, I got to live up to that now, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, I do want to give a few market stats. And I got to tell you, during the week, one of our listeners, he, uh, he's one of my friends too, he said, darn it, Don, you use the P word on, on the show. I go, what's the P word? He said, panic. He said, you almost, I, I guess I claim that I almost panicked on this one listing. He goes, you're supposed to keep people calm. And I realized that, yeah, you know, um, because we bring the local statistics, we bring the, the real statistics to our show, um, that, should, that can be calming. But I did remind him that uh, just like Fonzie, I, I said, I didn't say I panicked. I said I almost panicked, and there's a difference. <laughs> okay, let me bring a little calm with some of the statistics. And then, Casey, I'd like to get your comment on it from what you see in the market at, from a loan officer's standpoint. So I'm going to go back 10 years, 2012, and keep in mind that our market was recovering it was uh, prices were were building again um, the market was much healthier than it was in 2008 so this is 2012 there were 2243 solds in a th in a the third quarter so all these stats have to do with July August and September of each of these years 49 percent of the sales. So 1,106 of those sales were either foreclosures or short sales. So 49%. 2014, 
Now, let's go to 2019 because I'm going to say that was the last semi-normal year that we had um, before COVID impacted the market so greatly. We also had, whoa, 2,345 sales. So only two more sales than we had in in, in, uh, 2010 for that quarter. There were only 60 sales of foreclosures and short sales. That represented 2.5% of the market. So went from 49% to 2.5%. So now you got the news media, social media, saying how bad everything is, right? Okay, so of our 2,053 sales, which, okay, that's down about 10% as far as the number of sales, and I'm going to attribute a lot of that to inventory. Um, Casey, take a guess. What percentage would you say it is? I, I, oh, but I, no, wait a minute. That's, that's too tough of a That's a loaded question. I can't do that to you. It, it's 0.003%. There were only seven in, in a three-month period of time in all of Fresno County, there was only seven foreclosures and no short sales. So seven total. And people are saying that this is a, a or on social media, it's a tough market. Um, the good thing is in 2012, people, they, they didn't have the control of their own home because the banks were involved. It was either a foreclosure or a short sale. Now, individuals have control of their market. So are you seeing a happy market out there, Casey? You know, um, that's, it's, a, it's a matter of perspective. But, you know, I think, I think right now, yes, it is a, it's a very, very happy market. Regardless of, you know, what rates are right now, um, you know, rates, are, rates are at a, at a normal level. You know, what happened back in, uh, you know, during the whole COVID boom or whatever, yeah. the pandemic, uh, rates went down in a, in a crazy, in a crazy way, you know, down to, I mean, I, I did refis at, uh, I, I think I had a couple of them at 1.99%, but you have to think about it like this, those, those rates, that, that's uh, probably not going to happen again. <laughs> I, I don't I don't see that. I mean, I'm no expert on on uh, how the market shifts, but yeah, I mean, two two percent, you know, to around uh, I want to say three point five ish. Uh, that's that's like unheard of. So yeah. you, people got kind of used to that. Exactly, and I'm glad you said that. That you don't believe that's gonna happen again. I don't either. And keep in mind that it was artificially brought down the federal reserve intended mm-hmm. to do that to bring us out of the covid slump um and then unfortunately they kept the the pedal to the metal a little bit too long <laughs> um yeah so home buyers out there that are thinking uh, you know i'll wait till the rates go back down you may be waiting a long time Good luck with 
that. Like I said, you know, rates right now are at a uh, at a normal level. If you look at the history um, of 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 rates, you know, we were yeah we were even higher than this before, and that was considered normal. So right now, I mean, it, I'm just going to throw a number out there. You know, it's roughly around like seven percent. Um, we're still we're still at a normal rate, so it's nothing nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. So what what I hear you saying is that we've returned to normal. Absolutely. And so yes. people shouldn't be afraid. And, and from a realtor standpoint, here's what I see: two years ago, or even a year ago, the rates were so low that ten buyers were qualified pre qualified and making offers on one listing. That is not normal. No. I mean, that, that's like being at a flea market. <laughs> exactly. It, it's like, yeah, the, the buying frenzy is crazy. Now, maybe only two out of three can afford that home. But that's still uh, uh, enough. It. I'd like to see us get back to a one-to-one ratio. <laughs> one, qualif- one buyer for one listing. Um. It, it was hard for a buyer, it, hard for a realtor and a loan officer to tell a buyer that, uh, I'm sorry, you know, I know we made an offer and you love that house. It, it's great house, but there were 10 offers on it and we did not get it. That was hard to tell people. Yes. Um, but okay. So we're getting closer to normal. Um, now, Pricing is amazing. So the median sold price in Fresno County for this last quarter is $400,000. If you go back to 2019, it was 281000 So, yeah, prices are up, but I don't think it's just that prices are up. I think the dollar is worth less, which is called inflation each dollar buys a little bit less. You, it buys you less gasoline, less food. Um, gosh, just going to a fast food place now, it's, <laughs> it, you used to be able to get out of there for you know a 99 cent junior Whopper, not anymore. Yeah, that's probably like three bucks now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, let's go back to interest rates. What's a ball? I know you can't, as a loan officer, you got all these rules. You can't quote an interest rate, but what's a ballpark for where they're at today? A ballpark would be roughly around 7%. Okay. And um, that's for a fixed rate mortgage. Yes. Let's say in a 30 year. 30 year fixed rate. What if you went to a 15 year mortgage? Because you could afford, afford that. How much of a drop in rates do you get ballpark? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I don't know the answer to uh, to that. I would have to look that up to see exactly what that number would be. But of course, it would be uh, possibly less than, of course, less than seven percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all depends on a person's uh, credit score and what they're what exactly they're approved for. Okay. And you know, l- later on in this um, show, we're going to talk about credit scores and the qualifications. Uh, of what it takes to get a mortgage for a home. But in the upcoming segment, we're going to talk about the importance 
of one's personal growth and development to be the intangibles, to be a good loan officer, realtor, um, public servant, and what it takes. But then also from the home buyer and home seller's perspective, what are the intangibles needed to help them out, to help them through the process? So we are going to our first commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Go check out my space. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio helping us out today is Casey Carter of Guild Mortgage, a mortgage loan officer and um, who in the first segment said he got into the business when interest rates were in the twos and threes. And um, you're talking to a guy that I, I don't know if you, I've told you this before. I became a loan officer back in 19. 19- 81 I believe it was interest rates were 17 and a half percent but I will say this we figured out a way it it wasn't easy but uh and then when they dropped back down to normal around 12 percent it's like oh man this is good so um Casey is from Fresno but I'm gonna let you tell us a little bit about your history all right. Well, yeah, I was uh, born and uh, raised right here in uh, in Fresno. Um, very, very humble beginnings in a uh, place called Dakota Woods, if any of you know where <laughs> where that is. Oh, boy. A lot I could talk about that. But, um, you know, from uh, growing up here in Fresno, got a, got a great, uh, great foundation, you know, uh, uh, growing up and joined the military at age 20, uh, spent 11 years in the, in the U- U.S. Navy as a helicopter mechanic. Um, great times there, and uh, fast forward to today, here I am, a uh, mortgage loan officer, and and back in Fresno after spending 21 years in San Diego. Where are some of the places you went to while you were in the Navy? Tell us, did you go to Antarctica? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no reason that, to. That right? would that would have been kind of kind of uh, interesting to uh, go to Antarctica, but. Um, let's see. Some of the uh, my most favorite places were uh, Perth, Australia. Uh, Thailand was ama- uh, amazing. Um, been to Hawaii, you know, quite a few times. Um, humanitarian deployments over, uh, uh, let's see, the Marshall Islands, uh, like Papua New Guinea. Uh, I've gone over there, and um, let's see, oh yeah, just various places off in Japan and the uh, the Middle East as well. What is a humanitarian deployment? That's when we actually get to go out and help other countries to whether it be like painting schools and um, fixing roads, uh, you, you name it, uh, you know, just like what we would do here in the community of Fresno to, to help out. Uh, we did it for, uh, for countries. All right. Interesting. And uh, how long were you in the Navy? 11 years. 11 years. All yes, right. Sir. What'd you do after that? Well, right after that, I did the same thing. I was a helicopter mechanic for five years as a civilian, same base, <laughs> same helicopters. And from there, um, I worked for Diamond Resorts and helping people uh, with their with their timeshares. And from there to X Timeshares, that was another company where I helped people to get out of their timeshare contracts. Because <laughs> <laughs> I found out a lot about that industry. Well, anyways, I won't go off into that. But um, 
from there, I was, uh, I was told about the mortgage industry. And this really fit, you know, my, uh, my personality as far as, you know, uh, wanting to, to help people um, in a sense, you know, um, purchase, uh, purchasing a home, refinancing. But it's all about, it's all about uh, being, being a servant and, um, you know, helping, helping uh, friends, families, um, you know, get the, you know, get into the homes that they feel that they should be in. I loved what you said, being a servant. A- mm-hmm. And this is a wonderful industry because you're helping people with homes. Yeah. Nothing against timeshares, but not everybody needs a timeshare. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. But everybody needs a home. Yes, sir. And to be able to serve them, to help them accomplish that and give them the safety, security of their own home, that's got to be a great feeling. It really is. Uh, you know, when I started off in this industry uh, during the whole, you know, uh, when COVID first started, um, all of all of my uh, transactions were all uh, refinances. But here's the thing, you know, just the 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 feeling that that I was that I was able to get by helping people to put more money into their their pockets, especially during that time where, uh, you know, finances were tight for a, a lot of a lot of homes and to even hear other people cry on the other end of the line saying, hey, uh, you have no idea what you just did for our family and, you know, and the, the mm-hmm. position that that you put us in. That's that's one of the reasons, you know, why I why I do what I do. I, I, I can't I can't describe exactly how that feeling is, but it's it's so great. It, it, it really is. All right. Yeah. To know that you really help somebody mm-hmm. and to have them express that ex- appreciation to you. God, yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. got to be great. And even for those people out there that maybe don't express it. But you know that, hey, you helped them. You know, you lowered their payment from twenty five hundred to two thousand. That gives them an extra five hundred dollars a month to, yes, to uh, put towards their family or whatever. Um, fantastic. So, what are some of the things that you got out of the military? Some of the training that you got while you're in the military that helps you today as a loan officer? Attention to detail, hands down. Um, that's something that was taught to us when we first got in with boot camp. They drilled us on attention to detail. So you never, you, we didn't realize it, what they were doing at first. It's kind of like the whole uh, karate kid thing where they're saying, hey, wax on, wax off, you know, sweep the deck, this, that, and third. You have no idea what's going on until in the end when they come at you full-blown attack and you're able to, you know, uh, <laughs> do, do all these uh, karate moves. But in, in this sense, it's just, just the little minor details because if you're able to, to do just the little things and, and pay attention to that, then the whole big picture comes into place. If that makes sense. It does. In fact, I'm going to give you an example of myself where I did not pay attention to attention. Well, I didn't have that attention to detail. When I was a loan officer way back when, and I was taking an application, and the guy, he wanted to buy this probably $90,000 home back then. 
I'm, I'm getting to the first page of the application and I'm telling them, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to qualify for this. You just don't have enough income for a $90,000 home. Well, the attention to detail I needed was on page two. The guy had 50% down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, okay, I was embarrassed, but I also learned my lesson. There you go. Yeah, get the whole story. And I also, here's something too. I learned to believe in people from that because why would the guy be coming there to ask for a loan that he couldn't pay? He mm-hmm. knew he could pay it. Right. And that's because he knew he had 50% down. And he had saved that money, which told me that he was a conservative spender. Um, mm-hmm. He would be able to do it. And uh, they ended up buying that home and being very happy there. I got past my blunder. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So I like that attention to detail. Anything else that comes to mind that from your basic training that helps you as a mortgage loan officer? You know what? Honestly, that would that would be it because the military. Yes, it it taught me a lot, but um, you know, I I learned I learned more after I. It's crazy. I learned more after I got out of the military that's helped me today than I did while I was in. To be honest. So yeah, attention to detail. That would that would be it from being in the Navy. How about how do you handle it? Like because you're human, just like I was human when I forgot about page two <laughs> on that application. How do you take full responsibility for um, maybe a mistake or an oversight that you made? Simple. Don't don't blame anything else, but uh, you know, but but ourselves. I mean, we're understanding the just like you said, we're we're human beings. We make mistakes, but you know, the ability to see it, to take uh, accountability for it, and acknowledge it, and correct it. That's that's all. That's all that is. I mean, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I had a um, a seller do that last year who took full responsibility. Um, he chose to not take my advice and uh, he counter offered too high. It did not work out. And about a few weeks later, he said, you know, I learned my lesson. I'm hiring you to help me, to give me good advice. And I didn't follow it. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So he took full responsibility. We ended up getting it sold, mm-hmm. and he moved on. To, uh, so, yeah. So that's something that not only your loan officer and your realtor have to do, but buyers and sellers have to do that too. Absolutely, yes. Um, all right. You were talking... We, we talked a little bit yesterday about some of the things we're going to talk about on the show. You, you mentioned the impact of our smile. What, especially if you're on the phone, how, how does that help? It's energy transfer. Okay. Um, I understand that. <laughs> and and how, how I break that down is look, if you ever, if you ever to uh, speak with someone and, that other, regardless of whatever mood you're in, and you're talking to someone, and that per, that other person is smiling at you, 
you're going to feel that. It's going to come across you, and in whatever mood you're in, let's just say, for instance, you're not in the in the best of moods. I guarantee you, your mood is going to change. Now, uh, this is something that uh, I was taught, and I decided to give it a try, which was smile while I'm talking on the phone. They feel that on the other end. They feel that energy while while they're talking to you, and they're they're more open to just just really opening up to you. You know, no, and I I understand the importance. Um, so many years ago, when I started this show with like zero background in radio, um, somebody said, "When you start the show, smile into that microphone," the, and you'd be amazed what a change that makes. And I I do that. Um, I I look at this microphone when I start the show smile into it uh-huh. and say welcome to welcome home radio and i mean it absolutely they are welcome you see we're both smiling here yeah how does this feel here in this atmosphere i'm liking it <laughs> exactly. and, and i gotta say this just before we go to commercial break but i look over there at bobby at, at our board operator and he's smiling too so see you got everybody smiling casey awesome <laughs> all right with that we are going to our Next commercial break, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Navy veteran Casey Carter here in the studio with us. As we're approaching Veterans Day, and I know you didn't hear this because you don't have the headsets on, but we just played the Navy um, March uh, as our intro music. Good one, Bobby. Shows me that you're uh, on it today. All right. Um, okay, here's the power of the smile. We talked about that in the last segment. And I got to tell you what, I'm not done with it. I, I want, <laughs> <All right. laughs> even though I had something else planned for the third segment, I want to continue on that because that was interesting to me. And not just interesting, but motivating. Imagine if we walked down the streets and we just smiled at everybody. What a different world we'd have. Yes, I, I agree with you 110%. And you know what's crazy? I just learned about this um, maybe about, I want to say five, six years ago when I even started on my whole personal growth uh, journey. But the impact of a smile and and why I say it's so important, because we never know what the next person is going through. Everyone, there's not a single soul out here that isn't that doesn't have some sort of challenge that they're facing. We don't know what that is. So our smile impacts them. I I mean, I do this all the time on my day-to-day basis. This is something that I practice every single day. Whoever I pass by, who, and people who know me can attest to this, I give a heartwarming smile. And I, oh my God, the difference that it makes. People have told me before, oh my God, you know, hey, I was having uh, such and such, uh, this, this sort of day or whatever, uh, this was happening to me. But now, uh, hey, I'm able to go through and think about life a little bit differently just because of that smile that you gave me. I still remember, this is how impactful that is, I still remember a few years ago, just uh, actually it was on Veterans Day, we had a homeless veteran on the show 
who went wow. from homelessness to home ownership. Wow. I mean, what an accomplishment. But he would tell the story about how he'd be on a street corner and it made the world a difference when somebody just acknowledged him. You know, kind of right. smiled at him, yes. nodded their head, didn't give him money, didn't mm-hmm. give him food, but, but didn't say a word, but just that smile yes. and that acknowledgement. It made him have some self-worth. And that mm-hmm. might have been part of the building blocks that made him grow to home ownership. I agree, because one of the basic uh, human needs that we all require is the need to feel important. We all have that. And just that acknowledgement and that smile gives it. Mm-hmm. So you talked about your quest for personal development. What people and, and or books or movies uh, had a big impact on you? Okay, let's, um, <laughs> let's start off with people. Uh, I, I would say, let's see, some like my, my personal mentor, Julian Lewis, out in San Diego, uh, has definitely had uh, one of the biggest impacts on my life and, and has taught me, uh, you know, many of the, the principles that, um, you know, that I practice today. Um, you know, he's put me on to, you know, of course, Jim Rohn and uh, Les Brown. Um, but, you know, as, as far as like, uh, you know, the people that, aside from Julian, those who I know, you know, personally, well, uh, my mother, <laughs> hands down, uh, my mother has, has taught me so much in life, you know, resiliency, uh, you know, that, that, that strength to continue on when, when things just seem like there's, there's no way to, uh, to, to continue that that strength has been a core in my life and also and my younger brother I got I got to put him in there as well um yeah he's he's eight years younger than me but I've I've learned so much from him uh one the the power of of forgiveness you know he's he's taught me that and and I didn't realize until later that you know forgiveness isn't it's not for it's not for us as or it's not for for the other person it's for ourselves because we can't we can't go on in life until we're able to literally let things go and release it. I heard a good one that the true beneficiary of forgiveness is the forgiver. Yes. Because it's like trying to walk down the street, dragging a hundred pounds worth of stuff Mm -hmm. and then letting it go. And now just walking freely. Yes. It's so, so freeing. (laughs) Oh my God. Right. Um, when we were talking the other day, you also mentioned the, the necessity of failure. I mean, who, who wants to fail? So, and what benefit do you get out of failing? Well, you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I just, I just pulled up something on, uh, matter of fact, yeah, I took a screenshot of it and says, it's just a little quote. It says, failure inspires winners. Failure defeats losers whoa and what that, I, that makes sense it does now we because here's the thing it's it's all on how how we take it in now everywhere we get in life or anything that we want we that we want to uh, accomplish we have to fill our way to get there because we have to make mistakes and i 
I don't see failure as a as an as an end all, but more so something that we can we can build upon and learn from. You know, we 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 pivot, we shift, we take that failure, and we say, okay, wait, well, hey, it didn't work with it didn't work doing it this way. So how can I create this shift to get further and further? Because, like I said, you know, it's it's messing up along the way to get to our goal. Nothing happens to where we just start and then we're all of a sudden great at it. Um, as Les Brown would say, you, you have it's it's you have to be good at or what's worth doing rather is worth doing badly. Screw it up, mess it up in the beginning, but hey, you're you're going to get where you're going to get. But it has it has to it has to take failure. Major League Baseball players, the best of the best, strike out or get out seven out of ten times, but they bat 300. So they're only making it on base three out of ten times, but batting 300, you're a millionaire. Yeah, you're a total success. Yes. Yeah. And what makes the difference is what you learn from failure. If you fail and you don't learn anything from it (laughs) and you have a chip on your shoulder and you say it was their fault, it was their fault, Mm -hmm. how about looking in the mirror and saying, okay, maybe I'm only 10% of the fault, but I'm going to work on 100% of that 10% and I'm going to learn from my failure. That's it. Just like I did on that page two of the application. (laughs) What I learned from that is people are good. People come to you for not to waste your time, but because they believe they can. Yes. And yes. Um, also learn to get the whole story first, <laughs> not to jump to conclusions. Attention to detail, right? <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. So um, you also mentioned about pain that we all experience and have the power to choose what we experience. Tell us about that. That was very interesting. Okay. And this is, again, one of those things that have uh, been taught to me, and I, I took it to heart because, I, well, it's it's absolutely true. Now, just hear this for a second. Now, there's two types of pain that we all experience, and there's no getting around it, but it's our choice which one we experience. So one is going to be the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Hmm. One of the two. So let's say um, there's okay. There's there's things that we that we want to uh, that we want to do. There's something. Let's I, I, okay. I, I take um, let's say being fit. We all have a choice. We can either make excuses and say, "Hey, I can't do this this day," and and later on, it, you look how you don't want to look. There's that pain of regret or we can have that pain of discipline and do the, the necessary things on a daily basis. It doesn't take much, just a little at a time, just doing something consistently on a daily basis. And then we get that end result. It's, it's a lot, uh, it's, it's easy to do either one. It's, I mean, you know, the pain of, uh, of, of discipline, it's not, it's not always easy, but it's simple. So it's one of those two. And it boils down to, yeah, it just, I, just boils down pain of discipline or, or the pain of regret. I like that. that. That's very simple. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this guy really was in the military because you, you've been, you've got some great 
disciplines in your life. And um, uh, that's why you're smiling. (laughs) Um, And the reason we're talking about all this on Welcome Home Radio, which is a show that is designed to help the buyers and sellers and homekeepers. Um, I say homekeepers because not everybody is ready to buy or sell right now. Some people are enjoying their home and and they want to keep it for a while. But it also takes discipline or regret uh, in in this whole process. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So these are characteristics that our clients can use too. Oh, absolutely. Not just the realtor or the loan officer, the escrow officer. Um, Yeah. So that that's important to get to the goal. Yes. Especially, you know, when it comes to, you know, home, uh, buying a home, look, there's a lot of things I'm sure that people want to, you know, they, they want to purchase right now, but you know, if they're looking to buy a home, they're, they're going to have to discipline themselves, you know, not to open up this new credit line, that new credit line. Hey, I want to buy this brand new car. And then, you know, that's going to, that's going to probably, uh, hurt them with their, uh, well, we'll probably talk about debt to income ratio, but, little sacrifices now you know that uh that we can discipline ourselves to get to that goal as far as home buying yeah so i mean it's it's gonna take some sacrifice but hey we we can get there i remember a client way back when a while back (laughs) that i was with them when they went in to get pre-approved for their the loan and the loan officer said i'm sorry you I cannot make you a loan because you have this and this and this on your credit report. Mm -hmm. However, you can, if you do the following things and call me back in about six months and let's see how all that improved. And if we can make the loan, we walked out of there and this is where I learned a lesson again about believing in people. I'm thinking, well, that's it. There's no way they can, I I saw all the issues on the credit report. Mm -hmm. No way are they going to overcome that. It must have been six weeks, six months to the day. Wow. They came back. They had the discipline to do every one of those items, and they got approved for and bought a home. So no regrets. There's your discipline or regret. That's right. With that thought, we're going to our next and last commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're here with Casey Carter, who is a loan officer with Guild Mortgage here in the Fresno County area. And uh, he's sharing his experiences and his knowledge with us. And in the last segment, you mentioned a acronym called DTI, which uh, yeah, that's part of the credits, the cre- the how somebody uh, gets approved for a loan, along with other acronyms like FICO, DTI, ATR. So let, let's get into that. What are the qualifications? for um, being approved for a home loan? Well, um, it's, it's a lot more simple than most people would, uh, would think, but uh, it, it goes down to 
or it boils down to uh, a credit score and uh, what a person's uh, debt to income ratio would be, meaning, you know, how much debt has a person, um, you know, how much debt do they have in comparison to the income that they that they bring in? So and, and all that's all that's calculated. So let's say somebody has five thousand dollars a month uh, total income between husband and wife. Mm-hmm. They have five thousand, but they have a thousand dollar car payment, another thousand dollars in um, consumer debt like credit cards mm-hmm. and things. Um, they're probably not going to qualify for a three thousand dollar mortgage because they wouldn't have any money for food. <laughs> True. So, you know, and all of that has to be, um, you know, we, we make sure that a person is put in the best possible financial situation because we're, we're never going to that. And that's the beauty of it and why all the, you know, the laws are put into place. So, so we want to make sure that one, you can you can make the payments and you're not going to be starving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, if that's if that's a thing, then, hey, we say, hey, well, you, you need to do this, this and this so that we can bring your debt to income ratio down or whatever adjustments need to be made. So when you said you won't be starving, I remember a client <laughs> a long time ago who um, uh, the loan officer was concerned because he had a small amount of savings and he was going to have a thing called payment shock. He was only yes. paying $500 a month in rent and he was going to move to a $1,500 a month mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asked, how do you feel like you can afford this? I mean, you haven't been able to save very much money with such low rent. Right. And, and she said, we refer to that as payment shock. His answer was beautiful. He, he had to write a letter for the underwriter. And it said that, you know, I want a home and I've decided I'm going to quit going to Chichancy and Table Mountain so much. I'm going to quit ordering uh, takeout pizza all all the time. I'm going to instead make some choices in my life Mm -hmm. that will move me towards a home rather than the conveniences of delivered food. And (laughs) I remember the underwriter said that was one of the best answers that she's ever received for something like that. So I I love that. You know, the fact that uh, this person was, able to just to make a little bitty shifts in, in their daily habits. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that would make and he admitted he had bad habits, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, and that goes back to the discipline or regrets. He didn't want to so, have the regret of not having a home. So he was able to make the discipline of, you know, maybe eating a salad rather than a pizza every night. Right. Both are painful. <laughs> but it's a choice. <laughs> That's right. So tell us about credit scores. What, um, I, uh, what are good ones and uh, what are the ones that need to be improved? Notice I didn't say bad ones. True. They're the ones that need to be improved that cannot get a loan just yet. Um, well, uh, you know, not not to toot my, you know the own horn on uh, where where I'm employed, but uh, we do have programs in which credit scores can be as low as 540 doesn't necessarily mean that you know everything is going to be great there it does need improvement yes but we can approve 
uh, loans for credit scores to, uh, you know, down to 540. I would honestly, hey, anything over, you know, uh, 700 would would be decent, in my opinion. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just my opinion on that. Okay. So um, how can people find their credit score? uh, I know online there's you can go in and but that that seems fishy to me <laughs> you know people do that all the time but they're they're going to have to end up getting their their uh their credit scores checked by the uh, mortgage lender anyway so go through the process the right way you know people will say hey i know what my credit score is no we have to check it through the system because once it's in the system then we can we can figure out a game plan and know exactly what steps are needed to take after after that so don't don't ever be afraid of uh you know letting a, a lender check your credit score it's it's necessary to to get a home so actually having it done by a mortgage loan officer uh, to, to pull that credit report is far better than getting a score online yes absolutely like i said it has to go through the system anyways yeah Okay, so how about how do you answer this? Because people will say, "Oh, I heard that the more you run your credit report, the it lowers your score." Well, here's the thing: um, if you can get your credit checked by multiple mortgage lenders or loan officers, in that in that sense, um, you're gonna have to look this up. But it's either a 30 or 45 day window. I don't know which which it is now. Just like I said, look that up. But it counts as one credit check. So every every time a loan officer within that window checks your your credit score, it doesn't knock your points down. So, okay. Right. All right. So um, tell us about the ability to repay, ATR, uh, and I think that's part of a new law. And um, so using my example of five thousand dollars income if you go to five thousand dollars in consumer debt then that's not going to work right (laughs) all right um what i okay today's show has been really enjoyable for me so you've been a great guest casey casey but i would like to know what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show that there is a solution to every problem. Whatever, whatever challenges that, that there is, there's, there's always a solution. Of course, keep in mind that the solution may not always be what you want, mm-hmm. but it is indeed a solution. We just have to take the necessary steps to make it happen to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. I like that, that answer. And, and keep in mind... That solution can probably be found through the many members of the Fresno Association of Realtors between the team that you assemble as a home buyer or home seller with your loan officer, your realtor, home inspectors. Um, We can find the solutions to help people attain the, the dream of home ownership. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Casey, I want to thank you for coming in today, helping us out and sharing your experience and most of all thank you to all our listeners for tuning in and we'll be back again next saturday from 9 to 10 on kyno 940 thank you